Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Today is a beautiful, crisp, cool Tuesday morning. Uh, it's also a kind of a, uh, not a, not a holiday, but it is a named day that we'll talk about toward the end of the show. But uh, because of that crisp, cool morning, uh, we had to uh, had to do something for the uh, studio this morning. Derek, we, uh, we, we had to run the heater for the first time, which yeah. now that I think about it, I hope our landlord doesn't listen to the show and <laughs> we did something wrong when we, uh, we ran the heater for our... our hope they're our, changing the filters. and <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it kicked on. I heard the, you know, how the, the furnace kind of kicks on for the first time and it's got that dust, that burnt dust smell, mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it. It is okay. So hopefully uh, we didn't get in trouble or do That's something. Pretty good. Bad. The November second, and we we you know kept it off to November second. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean it helps. You know we, we want to help our landlords yeah, out. Absolutely. We want to help them when it I mean, comes. Not, to it is a meat locker here in the summer times. We have like sixty five, but it, we, we, we we digress on that. We're not yeah, exactly. About that. Yeah, so I had to flip the uh, heat on, and uh, fall is definitely here, Derek. Beautiful weather, uh, wonderful weather over week over the weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about during our words from the weekend coming up here shortly. But just a big success there with the inaugural Crew Fernando uh, Crew Booth fun run right there on the track the Kirkendall track was a, a huge success not a ton of kids but really I know that the kids were there the parents that were there had a really really nice time and again we'll talk more about that here shortly in the words from the weekend because it pertains to uh, I did see somebody put on their Instagram love living in a small town and that's what my word from the weekend kind of uh, is all about so just a really really good weekend once the weather cleared out it has been gorgeous just yeah, the last couple of days have been nice now I know we have rain I think clouding up today rain coming tomorrow and getting really really cold cold for this weekend oh football uh low 30s yeah the uh, north point trojans are in the playoffs we'll talk more about that here shortly thank goodness uh last friday was not a playoff game by these <laughs> yeah you texted me that uh, at least we'll get home early if you or your family are looking for a home to get home to you definitely want to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor. I speak of Mr. Brian Couch with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one residential team when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County for the past 13 years. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available whenever you need them. They're ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. Now is a great time to list your home here in DeSoto County, and they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give Brian and Terry your address, and they can tell you all about the homes in your neighborhood. They can tell you about homes within a mile distance of your home. They can tell you homes inside your zip code, how long they're staying on the market, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that can help you sell your home in DeSoto County. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian on a cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Find more information about Team Couch at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. I continue to say it. Do not go into this very hot DeSoto County market all alone. Give Brian and Terry and their team with Team Couch a call. Again, 662-449-1700. Derek, I noticed on Halloween night, just two nights ago, a lot of people out there, fire pits, barbecue grills, all kinds of stuff like that. That smell, that aroma was all around Hernando for sure. And if you're looking to entertain more in your backyard, if you're ready to start taking your cooking in the backyard to another level, you want to stop by our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. 
How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is definitely your place. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. Find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give him a call at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Visit his website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right Shop, their number one place for barbecue in DeSoto County. That's the How to Barbecue Right Shop, located again at 496 Whitfield Drive, right here under the water tower. Well, before we do our words from the weekend, let me give one more shout out to Mr. Corey Usselton, who sat down with us last Friday, uh, sat down with us for about a 20 minute interview, talking all about the amazing new project coming up when it comes to Hernando High School, talked about the moving parts when it comes to the new classes and different grades moving around. I had several people over the weekend want to talk about his interview and mention what he had said and just really excited about the future when it comes to Hernando High School and the students all around the Hernando area. So really, really appreciate. Corey coming in, sitting down with us. Definitely his interview was a, was a huge hit, so we really appreciate it. Well, Derek, let's move on to our words from the weekend. On, on our Tuesday show, we start with our words from the weekend, something from the weekend, something that caught our eye, something that interested us. What is your word from the weekend? Matt, my word for the weekend is frenetic. You said frenetic. Frenetic. I think I graduated with a guy named Frenetic. Frenetic. Frenetic, uh, frenetic is just Big frenny. very uh, hasty, very busy, uh, extremely hectic. Uh, and that's what the weekend was. And, you know, last weekend I had done smorgasbord, uh, was my, which I had a variety of things to do. But I was more planned, and it was kind of stretched out and nicely done. This was – we had a lot of stuff to do, and everybody has a lot of stuff to do every weekend this time of year. But just running through everything. And my week – the whole week was busy really last week. And then starting Thursday night with a senior supper uh, for my son. Uh, we, we fed all of the football players leading into a Friday night game that was away, leading into an early Saturday morning getting ready for the, the run – leading to uh, then stopping by the last farmer's market because I wanted to, you know, just get a couple things plus thank them for coming, uh, you know, and, and also the being a sponsor of ours. So I want to make sure I just saw them one last time before they shut down for the year. It looked pretty busy. It was busy. Uh, now, of course, we, I went after the, the, uh, the run. The so, run, yes. you know, it was kind of cleared out by lunchtime. I also noticed that one of the two trees is gone. You know, we talk okay, about that we down. talked the, about. The one on the backside is gone, which okay. was when you round the corner and you see it, it is. I need to check it out. It's yeah. pretty shocking because sure. I was like, wait a minute, where's the truck? Oh, there's the truck. Well, what, what, what? Oh, there's no tree. Yeah, there, he's by the tree and the tree and is the gone. gone. So. so that was, uh, and then, um, <laughs> then you know, leading to, you know, just normal stuff around the house. Um, you know, we had, there's always laundry or something to do. Uh, and also, you know, we knew we had a couple people coming over for Halloween, so how to get ready for that. Uh, Saturday night. You know, sat down to watch a game. That was probably the, the most downtime was trying to watch the Ole Miss game. But while we're watching the Ole Miss game, my daughter and I made cookies, Halloween cookies, which That's is nice, something yeah. we try to do, and carve the pumpkin, which was nice because the game was horrendous. You know, it kind of took your mind off on it while it was going on. And then the next morning, of course, I had uh, Sunday school. Did you go scary, y'all go scary pumpkin or, or what? Uh, it was called, and please don't make fun of me, Hottie. It was Hottie Halloween. Okay. So basically. H-O-T-T-Y? H-O-T-T-I-E. Okay. And so it looked like the. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe it was Y. I think it was I-E though. <laughs> so it was, was not Hottie Toddy for Ole Miss. No, no, no. no. Okay. It was um like it looks like the mouth and the eyes were on fire. So like okay. they, they were like in shapes of flames. Okay. Anyway, it was something that we found a kit. <laughs> 
So we did that. It was it was on the easy level, so that's why I did it. Doesn't sound easy. I don't well, know. It, it was you know it was just kind of cutting it with curve. Anyway. Okay, uh, that was done. And then so Sunday morning, uh, Sunday school, leading right to my brother-in-law's birthday uh, at my in-law's house. Shout out to Big Randy out there. Happy birthday, Randy Wallman. Forty-two. 42, same 42. age as me, yeah. Uh, 42, and so um, then led right into getting yard work done because you couldn't do it on Saturday, leading right to getting ready for trick-or-treaters. So just bam, bam, bam. And again, I'm not complaining. That's everybody's weekend. I understand that. But it was just very frenetic where, you know, you, you enjoy those. I enjoy it because it's kind of like crossing stuff off a list and, you know, you're just outside a lot with all of it. Even when the weather was not nice, it was nice to be outside and feeling the, the cool weather, the cold fronts coming in. But then you look back and you're like, you finally can lie down on Sunday night and breathe a couple times and fall asleep. It was just uh, one of those weekends. I agree with you. I like being busy, but what I don't like is, that, well, and that's kind of goes into my word from the weekend here, just a few minutes is sometimes you look up in your weekends when it comes to soccer games, soccer stuff, whatever you look up and your weekends are busier than your weeks. Right. And that's the stuff that sucks. Cause the weekends are supposed to be a bit of a downtime. Now look, these are things that we take on as dads and family. It. Yeah. We choose to do all that kind of stuff. But again, that's frenetic F R E N E T I C frenetic. Another word for that there, maybe hectic. Is that kind of hectic, what you hectic? Frenetic, yeah. yeah. And like you said, last last week was a smorgasbord of things for you to do. This was a bit more of a hectic thing because it was, you know, it was just busy all weekend long. That that ties into my word from the weekend, Derek. My word from the weekend is going to be treat. Obviously, playing off off of the uh, Halloween theme, trick or treat. Of course, again, I mentioned just a second ago. Someone on their Instagram when we were doing the fun run said, "I love living in a small town." And my word from the weekend is kind of up that same alley. It is a treat. Sunday night was an absolute treat, Derek. You and I live in a neighborhood. You and I've lived. Uh, you know, four houses down from each other for about uh, 17 years or so. But it was an absolute treat. The uh, kids coming around, uh, we've always had a good neighborhood for trick-or-treaters. I love seeing all the costumes, love seeing the kids out trick-or-treating. And that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing in a small town. Tons of trailers being pulled behind side-by-sides and four-wheelers. I mean, this Halloween, the weather was beautiful. Uh, Just a perfect, perfect day. Absolute treat all weekend long living in a small town as you mentioned the farmer's market the crew boo fun run it's just really uh we take it for granted definitely living in a small town uh, this is what living is supposed to be like just the many blessings that we have in hernando right here under the water tower just an absolute treat uh to live in hernando oh i agree and again the, the many things that happened this weekend that happened you know the, the weekend before um now that's happening in what two weeks from now or two weekends from now, which will be uh, you know an ad that we'll be talking about here coming up, uh, which will be the Dickens of the Christmas and the uh, Christmas Open House. So just a wonderful place, and it will continue I mean, through the holidays. We're going to have a Christmas parade. We're going to have cookies with Santa. All that stuff that we have yet to even, I guess, mention in our shout-outs are upcoming. And it, you, know, you can be as quiet or as busy as you want to be, and that, as you said, that's something that we choose to do. You know, If you didn't have the small town, if we didn't have a thriving community, you wouldn't have those choices. You would be begging or looking for oh. something to do and that's never the case for us every weekend all you have to do is you know pull up a facebook pull up instagram uh, listen to our podcast hopefully and you can find out all the choices that you have and then again you can choose to be as busy uh, or as slow as you want to be which again is an absolute treat i mean that's what i mean by that you can treat yourself to a number of different things right here under the water tower but Derek, you know anytime you have a small town you definitely have to deal with city business and let's talk a little bit about our first alderman meeting for the month of November 2021 will take place tonight. Not a lot going on. Catch us up to speed on the first Auburn meeting for the month of November 2021. I'm probably going to jinx it, Matt. This may be a short meeting. Okay. Uh, The agenda is only a page and a half. I like it. The consent agenda actually goes to 
the top of the second page. Nice. Like so, um, again, that's usually stuff that's already kind of pre-approved going into it. Uh, I do want to mention a couple things in the um, in the consent agenda. This is how you know people are always talking about you know what what do we have to do to get stuff done or get stuff closed. Uh, there's uh, Panola Street. Uh, they're already asking for Panola Street to be closed for the 2022 Hernando Water Tower 10K race next October from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Jim Matheny and them are getting – they're they're jumping the gun Yeah, there. so they literally no are intended. a year <laughs> – well, uh, I guess it's in a year. 11 months from now, they're going ahead and reserving that. But these are some of the things. And then there's a couple other ones that are being shut down. So, again, consent agenda, if you do need to have anything closed down, it is best to get on their calendar you know, many months in advance. And so they're really getting on there. Hey, speaking of closing down, Derek, just a quick shout-out to the police officers that worked with us, helped us on oh, yeah. Saturday, oh, yeah. uh, shut down the streets. I mean, we obviously went – you went – before the board to do that, but they were there on time doing exactly what we needed them to do for that one mile fun run. Always good to visit with some of the officers. So we definitely appreciate that. I know the crew of Fernando appreciates it. And we're always going to say thank you from the under the water tower podcast. So really, we appreciate those gentlemen for helping us on Saturday. Go ahead. But after the consent agenda, there's a, a, very short title, personnel docket. Don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, it's on there. We'll see what that kind of – that'll be the first thing that's talked or the first major uh, agenda item once the consent agenda is approved. Uh, next, we're going to look at – looks like approval for the winter basketball uniforms okay. for the parks department. So, those will be done. Again, these I are mean, very Are we, are we designing them or are we, we buying them? No, this is uh, the ones that <laughs> – was that we buy for them to play Let's with? Design these things. That'd um, be fun. And this is the the cool part, and something that's going to be the, the approval of artificial ice event contract for the Dickens of a Christmas and for Mayor Johnson to sign. This is the ice skating right. rink. That You're be, saying artificial ice? Con- yes. Artificial, artificial ice, ice events contract is what it's called. Uh, this is the ice skating rink they're bringing in for Dickens of a Christmas. We've talked about this. Uh, there will be again. We'll talk about it here shortly. But the cost of the rink, a hundred percent covered by sponsors. Correct. So they have sponsors that are covered the hundred percent of bringing in this ice skating rink for basically Friday night and then all day Saturday will be available. So what know, times just, on Saturday? Do you know that I, yet? I don't know that yet. What time it starts? Okay. I believe it. I think the actual open house ends around four or five that afternoon. Because right. so Friday is Friday is four to eight. Four to eight. Friday, Friday is four to eight. Man by the crew of Fernando. That We've right. agreed to do that. That's a service project for us. Four to eight on Friday night on. Street. And that's that's Friday night the 12th. Uh, and then Thursday, I mean, Saturday the 13th, it'll be, I think it's like 9 to 4, 9 to 5, something like that is when the shops will be open and then the Dickens of the Christmas goes. The Dickens of the Christmas goes November 12th, 13th, and 14th. Yeah, yeah so it's all weekend. So the, the, the ice skating rink's only one night and then the next day. So we'll not be there Sunday. Uh, request- can, can we, real quick, I'm sorry, can we go ahead and ask people that, hey, the NHL is not looking for scouts. <laughs> or they're not there to scout. You know- Please don't wear your, your River Kings jersey and, you know, push people all around the rink. It's not a very big rink. It's there for enjoyment, stuff like that. I was talking to somebody at work about this, and they were kind of asking about it. And there's like, you know, a lot of times those outdoor rinks, when they bring them in, I mean, it is outdoor. It's usually, you know, obviously it's lifted up by something off of the street uh, that's surrounded by these plastic-type, you know, it's not nets. They're just plastic flaps hanging down. Let's just say it does not stay 32 degrees in there, sure. so it's usually a slushy surface you're oh, working gosh. with. Yeah. So please be careful. The um, ice rink brought to you by Ortho South, yeah. right there located <laughs> nearby. So I mean, if, if you're looking to you know work on your you know your figure eights and you're working on you know trying to make the Olympic team, uh, either not for this February, but I guess for four years or five years from now, uh, please, please, please do that somewhere else. Do um, we get to as the crew of Fernando uh, mans the the ice rink on Friday night four to eight? Do we get to drive a Zamboni? 
Ooh. That's a very good question. I, I would love to drive. What's the best part of the movie Deadpool? If you've never seen Deadpool, <laughs> is when he's running, he's chasing the guy down on the Zamboni. It is by far the best part. I love it. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful part. Uh, the guy's great. crawling on the ice, and you look up, and he's he's thirty <laughs> he's yards so from him. He's going no. so slow. Oh, uh, so just great. a great part. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, there is a discussion of flooding in Arbor Point and Jefferson Place. So there's two uh, subdivisions in the Hernando area, and a potential to call bonds to make the necessary repairs. So very briefly, when a developer develops a subdivision, they have to put up some type of bond. Sometimes there's a bond for sidewalks. Sometimes there's a bond for streets. Uh, and you know these bonds are, are basically either letter of credits provided by a bank or they're cash bonds. And they, the city, whoever, or the county, whoever's you know the, the municipality overseeing this subdivision, when they'll hold these bonds until the end. So at the end, you know, you'll make sure to have that final asphalt lay or you'll make sure to finish those final sidewalks to make your, your subdivision complete. Now, you can't usually call the bond until the subdivision is completed, you know, just because you don't want to put down, you know, a new layer of asphalt with the money that the developer put up at the beginning if they still have construction structures going in there, you know, and, and you know, you don't want to tear up anything. So they try to make it as nice. They try to wait to the end to do it. But there are things in the contracts that says if something's not done to specifications, there can, these bonds can be called at any time. The cities do, or the municipalities do reserve the rights to call these bonds at any time. And it sounds like this will be a possibility because of flooding in Arbor Point and Jefferson Place, something that the developer did with the way the streets are run, with the way that it was uh, you know, engineered, designed, that there's, there's obviously standing water in some of these places. So they could call those bonds. Therefore, the developer's not getting the cash back. The bank is going to have to you know, write a check to the city when they call it to get these issues resolved. So those are the two subdivisions. So two completely different sides of town uh, that they're having issues with flooding. Now the flooding has become before on Arbor Point. I think there were three or four houses sure. that they discussed under the last administration about issues that were going on. And so it may be the same one, uh, maybe a different one, but we'll find out uh, tonight. We discussed that on the UTW podcast, the end of last spring, early summer. Mm -hmm. Yep, that is right. Uh, there will be a continued discussion. Now I did reach out to an alderman for this one. This is the one that I knew about. I uh, should have found out about the personnel docket too, but the uh, one that was uh, the continued discussion for street repair and overlays. So remember, they asked Joe Frank to come back. Yes. He said that, give me two weeks. I said he probably should have asked for a month or two, but he did, will have some numbers based on their uh, priority agenda of what they would want to see. So they'll be talking about those tonight. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start anything. They're just going to have the discussion of what they can look at. And then finally, the discussion of street safety devices. This is directly a result of the new Mackinville and Green Tea interchange. Green Tea Road, we've mentioned it on here, that there's stop signs that are located only on Green Tea going east-west. There's Correct. no stop sign going north-south on Mackinville Road. Matt, this has caused people a lot of problems. I don't know why it has, because yes, it is not a four-way stop. I, I do. I, it does not surprise me if people are rolling through the stop signs or if people on Mackinville are stopping because they see other cars stopped at stop signs. You know, I have teenagers, one that is driving, one that's driving next year that I, I am worried you know if there are ones reacting this way I guess it goes back to this do people know what to stop me if there's a stop sign you Literally. stop yeah. you look both ways and then you continue that's it if there are people coming you do not continue that is basic driving Correct. so I know that people you know there have been a lot of complaints about people saying <laughs> well I got used to doing this well, yeah that doesn't but matter it when changes. you go to another city that you're not used to do you not stop at the stop sign and look both ways before you go? Like, and then as you're driving on Mackinville, going north and south on Mackinville, if you don't open. see a stop sign, you don't have to go 100 miles an hour, but you just 
You just go. You just go. And the reason it's done is because coming off the exit, there's a stoplight, right? And then once you stoplight, they don't want and – and, and this is – I understand this is probably three to four years down the road. They don't want you to pull it off, get to a stoplight, and then have another, you know, right there again, stopping again, and start backing up traffic. They don't want the school traffic coming out and having to stop, stop, stop. Correct. Then it's yes. a four-way stop. Then you have a Pleasant Hill get well situation, which we all – is just – terrible at eight o'clock or at five o'clock on you know, on weekdays and they're trying to avoid that this is in and say hey look north south is free flowing east west you stop and you know until traffic builds up at some point will there be a stoplight yes but stoplights are dictated by traffic flow there is not if there is not a stoplight currently at green tea and 51 if there is not a stoplight currently at oak grove now we, they are coming there right we all know that's in the next year or two we're going to have stoplights there but if those that don't already have stoplights five or ten years ago, there is not the traffic flow at Green Tea and uh, Mackinville to get a stoplight. So the city cannot get a stoplight unless it wants to pay for it out of its own pocket. So that's will be discussed. I just there's been so much time and and disagreement eaten up for this one topic that just. Please follow the traffic laws. Um, and, you know, I think they're talking about maybe making the lights brighter blinking, okay. maybe putting uh, rumble strips. I understand that. That is fine. You know, because rumble strips are at Get Well and Pleasant Hill. But other than that, you know, let, let this – that was done by, you know, paid engineers, traffic engineers. It may not be something you're comfortable with. It may not be something you're used to. But that is how it is. And let's just please follow traffic laws. God bless America. To where we can we can sit here and discuss this, like he said, north and south, no no stop sign, east and west, stop sign. That's what you do. I mean, it's pretty darn simple. That's what you do. So that's going to be discussed in the Auburn meeting. That tonight. is the last thing on the agenda. There's no uh, executive session set for tonight. Derek, before we sign off uh, of the Alderman, and I will say this. I don't know if you've heard anything about this or whatever. The uh, new noise ordinance is in existence. It has been enforced. And it has begun to be enforced. I can guarantee you this, UTW podcast listeners, the noise ordinance issue will be back in front of the Board of Aldermen sometime sooner rather than later. I agree. I've heard uh, two stories this weekend. Yes. Um, over the weekend about that. And it's 75 is not very loud. 75 is not very loud. I, I had somebody, I had a policeman uh, joke with me at the at the run. Right. And ask, wondered if the music was too loud. Of course and, it was. And it was more than likely too loud. 1,000%. If you were within 30 feet of the two speakers that we had out there. It probably would have been too loud. Can't you know? Can't say it was 100 percent because I don't have a thing, but I'm pretty sure it was too loud. Right. And now we were well away from any oh, residences. Sure. I mean, the, the closest residence was a minimum of 200 yards away, since we were 100 yards just for the football field, but a minimum of 200 yards away. So I don't think we had any complaints about it. But it, I think he was jokingly doing. Of course it he was. Prove, but it, it's um, it, it's just yes, it would have to be addressed. And if you did call the police on Saturday morning, uh, for the crew of Fernando, you hate children and the public library and puppies and and the public <laughs> library. So I'm just simply saying, if you did that, you don't like children or the public library. So, uh, you affected that right there. <laughs> Thank you to the board of aldermen and the, uh, the mayor and the different people that have to be there every other Tuesday for the uh, business of the city. We really, really appreciate that. Again, tune in to the YouTube channel. Just simply go to YouTube uh, in the search bar. You're going to put in city of Hernando, Mississippi. It comes right up. It is live from six to seven, six to seven thirty, however long the meeting goes. And it's posted to YouTube right after that. So really, really, uh, they are definitely doing a great job being more transparent, being, uh, as 
video savvy as you could be for the city. Just a really, really nice job. Uh, thank you for that. So that has definitely become an asset to the city, the transparency that we can do with the city and the Board of Aldermen. Speaking of assets for the city of Fernando, I'm speaking of the DeSoto Family Dental Care. DFDC has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference. Give them a call at 429-5239. Again, that's 429-5239. They are the official dentists of the UTW podcast. You should consider making them yours. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek had the opportunity this past weekend to visit with Mr. Richard Williams of Williams Services. Uh, Richard mentioned to me, Derek, that this is the busiest October he's ever had. Nice. So, Richard has been one of our longtime advertisers. I'm not saying it's because of the UTW podcast. I will. But I'll, I'll say this. Okay, that's fine. I'll say Derek this. will say it. That's Derek Bigling quoting that. If you're interested in advertising with us on the UTW podcast, we will do everything we can to help grow your business. You can email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com so we could send you over an advertising packet uh, anytime you're ready. Podcast brought to you by, again, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, new fence construction, any project on the outside of your home or commercial property, Richard is your guy. Give him a call at 292-8855, that's 662-292-8855, or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. On our Tuesday show, right about the middle, we turn to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. DeSoto County Fact of the Week is brought to us or given to us each and every week by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum. The DeSoto County Museum located right across from Bank Corp South on Commerce Street right here in Hernando. The DeSoto County Museum is open 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. Again, 9 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday with artifacts, memorabilia, exhibits. If you've never been to the DeSoto County Museum, you need to stop by Rob and visit Rob and his team today to learn more all about this wonderful county, wonderful community we live in. Derek, the DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week 
talks about a house very close to the museum. What you got? The Commerce Street, also known as Highway 304, used to be have some very stately mansions. Uh, some, you know, say, you know, some of the people that have been here for decades or, or their family's been here for generations have said that, um, you know, it very, that one street itself very much resembled what you would see in Natchez or what you would see in Holly Springs. And so there's basically two houses left now. Uh, the one of them that you mentioned that we'll talk about, and then, of course, the other one, a friend of ours owns, uh, that used to be the Banks family. Uh, you used to have the big, huge Banks plantation right there just west of Elm Street. It's a shame that a lot of those houses are gone. And so the one that we want to focus on today is Magnolia Grove. Magnolia Grove uh, is the house located next to the Blue Ribbon Cleaners, mm-hmm. next to Area 51 right there, across the street from the DeSoto County Museum. It was built in 1890 uh, by Mr. C.D. Williams. It's a handsome two-story Victorian era, which was in the family for generations. Up three generations of Williams owned it. Uh, it was then turned into a bed and breakfast that was owned by Tom and Ella Mulligan at one point, and then of course now is an attorney's office right there uh, located. Um, it was originally on three acres, and it featured uh, it features 12-foot ceilings, crystal chandeliers, and now occupies one and one-half acres. So they, it was originally three acres. It's gone down to one and a quarter uh, of the original lot. As I mentioned, the, the Williams couple had three children, Lottie Williams, C.D. Williams Jr., and Roy Williams. And Lottie Williams was born in 1891. Matt, she owned the home until her death in 1981. Oh, wow. 1981. So she owned it for 90 years. 90 or, years. She was in it. I guess ended it for 90 years. She was, I don't think she owned it when she was born. Right. But um, she lived for 90 years. And so in, it was in the Williams family until 1981. And at that time, it changed hands. And, and uh, I think it's changed hands three or four times since then. So just a great uh, stately mansion right here. Uh, so if you ever passed by it, if you ever wondered when it used to be a bed and breakfast, uh, the Magnolia uh, Grove bed and breakfast, that that house uh, has been here again since 1890. There's one Annabelle home that I will discuss. We'll have more information on for another fact of the week. That's south of town. But uh, the, again, when you drive around and you always want, a lot of people have wondered, well, if this has been here since 1837, you know, where are the houses? Where's this and that? Unfortunately, a lot of them were torn down. Uh, there was one, Matt, and I'll, this is a kind of a brief fact, but since it's not there anymore, I don't mind talking about it. Um, there was one where the former post office was. That house was torn down. Uh, it was an Italian Italianate architectural style. It was actually an Abelham home built in 1860. It was on, uh, right before, the, of course, the Civil War. Uh, it had actually had visitors that visited there. Jefferson Davis visited there. Uh, used, uh, Supreme Court Justice L.Q. C. Lamar had visited there. And the uh, owner of it had dismantled it when this, uh, after the Civil War and had planned to rebuild it, but those plans fell through. Wow. So uh, it never got, and of course now it's a post office uh, where Fred used to be, which is now a, a, a flooring store, and then of course the hardware store is located on that huge uh, lot, probably about a three or four acre lot there too. So again, used to have some really st- uh, stately homes here in Hernando. There are two left uh, right here in, in the heart of town. So please, if you ever drive by the Magnolia Grove, that's the history behind it. Yeah, Magnolia Grove is going to be located again right there in, in between Renaissance Bank and Blue Ribbon Cleaners across the street from the DeSoto County Museum. Just a beautiful white home. Does house a an attorney's office now. They're on, the, on Commerce Street right here in Hernando. Thank you again, Rob Long, for a wonderful Fact of the Week. Fact of the Week brought to us DeSoto County Museum each and every week, Tuesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Get over there and visit Rob and his team today for a tour of the DeSoto County Museum. Podcast brought to you by a new advertiser for the next couple of weeks. 
Very, very awesome event coming up right here in Hernando. I'm speaking of the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas and the Christmas Open House. Hernando Dickens of a Christmas will recreate an atmosphere of the Victorian era during the holiday season. The event is in conjunction with the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Christmas Open House, which will be on November 13th and 14th, when downtown businesses will be decked out to the hilt in Christmas decor. And they will also have many fabulous specials. Visitors can enjoy a Christmas farmer's market with holiday wares. You can hop on a horse-drawn carriage ride at the DeSoto County Museum with Victorian tour guides who will take you back to a time during the late 1800s. A twist-and-loop activity in the Ferguson Law Cabin will also welcome children to learn the lost art of script cursive writing with a Victorian teacher. There will be live music, Hernando Middle and High School Girls Choir, Hernando United Methodist Church Choir and Handbell Choir, Coral Rio number of different things going on all around the square and we'll speak of it over the next two weeks but definitely want to thank you to our newest sponsor the hernando dickens of a christmas coming up friday november 12th 13th and 14th please visit cityofhernando.org again that's cityofhernando.org and again brought to you by principal toyota of hernando the secret is out north point christian is DeSoto county's most popular private school destination 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their first Sunday open house of the year this Sunday, November 7th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about Lauderdale Insurance on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Well, Derek, we teased it earlier, a little bit of information about North Point. Obviously, they made the playoffs, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but we're going to go back. We're going to talk about the games that happened this past Friday. North Point traveled right across the state line to Lausanne, uh, and we joked about uh, the beginning of the show, Derek, you were home a bit early. Tell us about yeah. the Lausanne-North Point game this past Friday night. Yeah, North Point did make that travel on a cold, misty night, uh, and I'm not sure if it was the cold or the mist or something else, but the Trojans did not come to play on Friday night. The Trojans started well, they, off. They got there, but it just they, didn't they, go. they definitely got there. Uh, the Trojans started off the game with a nice drive that ended with them turning the ball over on downs. Well, they took the turnover on downs, took it, took the ball down, and scored. The Lynx then held the Trojans for the rest of the first half and scored on every one of their possessions uh, in that first half to take a forty-two nothing lead in the halftime. Forty-two nothing lead in the halftime. Oh, let me ask you a quick question. You and I yeah. talk all the time about sports. We talk about different opportunities that coach coaches sometimes don't. They they, they can they can game plan to get you blown out 
Is that what happened the other night? Could we have run the ball a little bit better, gobbled some clock? I mean, you, you could have definitely run the ball, <laughs> but it would have been like, you know, it would have been three rushes for negative <laughs> eight yards, you know, and a punt. But, um, I mean, that's – Just was, a good team. Lausanne's a good team. It was a good Possible team. state champion. Well, possibly. Yeah. Now, I, will, I can discuss that when we preview the next game. Okay, gotcha. Um, it was a running clock from then on with uh, the only – with Jack Patterson to Darius Naylor's 53-yard touchdown pass being the only highlight of the game for the Trojans, that was eventually lost 49-7. to So, again, running clock the whole second half. The Trojans had already wrapped up a playoff spot and will travel to Nashville this Friday night to take on Silverdale Academy, which is outside of Chattanooga at a neutral site in Nashville. They will be playing at Lipscomb Academy's field in Nashville. And, of course, we will preview that game on our Friday show. Derek, can you please tell me for the podcast listeners, uh, obviously the guys definitely, who's the coach at Lipscomb Academy? The coach at Lipscomb Academy, again, not the team that we're playing, but the Correct. team's field that we're playing Correct. on is uh, Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, former Super Bowl champion and uh, definitely a uh, quarterback guru himself, uh, will be or is the coach at Lipscomb Academy. Again, and you're not playing them. Not you're playing, playing at their field, which is a nice field. It's a nice field. <laughs> and if we win, okay. we would play Lipscomb Uh-oh. Academy. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, but that, winner, one, that one would be back at Lipscomb? Yes, back at Lipscomb. So the Lipscomb Academy is the, the one seed. With a buy. Uh, they got a buy. And the, so the winner of this game will play Lipscomb Academy. And Matt, Lipscomb Academy is 9-1. Yes. Lipscomb Academy uh, only losses to a large public school, Oakland, the high school in Memphis. And uh, Lipscomb Academy, other nine wins, or they're all nine wins, all were by running clock. Which running clock, again, for podcast listeners, Mercy is rule. when you're up by 35, the clock is running. Yeah. Look. It's no surprise that Trent Differ would put together a heck of a good team uh, schematically. He's, uh, I mean, he's really, really good. If you know anything about uh, Mr. Dilfer or pay attention to anything on Twitter and that type of stuff, he's solid. Yeah, he's, so, he's when, so when you mentioned that Lausanne has a shot to win state, they do have a shot. They have a shot. I, I'm going to say it's going to go through Lipscomb Academy. Look, we're always going to try and stay positive. Uh, shout out to the Trojans. Couldn't get it done last Friday. But looking forward to uh, breaking down the uh, – what was it again, Skyline? Silverdale. Silverdale Academy coming up this Friday in Nashville. So, Derek, you'll be uh, leaving early, probably right after we record the show on Friday morning. You'll be heading out to Nashville. Yeah, now, I think uh, – actually, it'll be uh, early afternoon. The, the boys leave at 10 a.m. Um, uh, are you going to go stay with your brother or something like that? Uh, you should. I don't know yet uh, because we will be going to Nashville potentially for another high school game the next weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, Definitely for a Saints game the next weekend. So it's going to be kind of up in the air. We'll see how that goes. A lot of back and forth to Nashville for sure. Yeah. North Point Trojans. We'll preview that game uh, coming up later on the week uh, for the UTW podcast. There, let's head on over and cover Lewisburg. Lewisburg had a big rival game against the Olive Branch Conquistadors, which we will mention here shortly. Tell us about that game. Lewisburg, they did. They hosted Olive Branch on Friday night, and the Patriots also had a rough night. <laughs> After the first quarter, they were down 14 to nothing. And went into the locker room at halftime down 20 to nothing. Lewisburg did get on the scoreboard with 2.26 left in the third quarter when Gunnar Gilmore connected with Grayson Crumbly on a 53 yard touchdown pass, but the two point conversion failed. Olive Branch also scored once in, in the third. In the fourth, the team swapped scores 23 seconds apart, with Olive Branch taking a 30 to 6 lead and Lewisburg answering back on a DJ Green three yard touchdown run and Green also converting the two point try. However, it was too little too late as the Keisters take it 30-14. to 14. Lewisburg is now 1-8, 0-6 in district, and will host DeSoto Central for their last regular season game and senior night. I mentioned on the Friday show that uh, Olive Branch, uh, they struggle on offense, but their defense is really good. But uh, looks like a Lewisburg was exactly what their offense needed uh, this past Friday night. So Lewisburg wrapping up what's 
going to be kind of a tough season coming up this coming Friday. So uh, kind of moving on to uh, another sport there at Lewisburg for sure. Speaking of the Olive Branch Conquistadors, they will be coming to Hernando this coming Thursday. That's changed. But before we talk about that game, going to be senior night for the Hernando Tigers. Give me a quick rundown of the Hernando Tigers. Went on the road last Friday, and uh, let's just say they corralled the Mustangs. Hernando fared much better as they traveled to Center Hill for a Region 1 6A matchup. Tigers got on the board first with a Zach Wilkie quarterback sneak, but a missed extra point put the score at 6 to nothing. Brody Martin scored the next touchdown, but the two-point conversion was no good, and the Tigers took a 12-0 lead into halftime. There was no scoring in the third quarter, but the Mustangs got on the board in the fourth when they scored, but missed the extra point to cut the deficit in half 12-6. The Tigers responded with a long Wilkie TD run, and this time the two-point conversion was good. The teams traded possessions with the Tigers getting an interception, but the Mustangs scored with 5-10 left to go in the game to cut the lead to 20-13. Martin had his second score of the night late in the game with around a minute left, and the Tigers went for two but were unsuccessful. Matt, this was a little controversial due to the score and time left in the game. So basically it was 26 to 13 at the time. They decided to go for two with a minute left. Uh, but they may have been going for two for potential tiebreak scoring margins uh, for the playoffs, or uh, they may have actually abandoned the extra point tries because the first one was missed. After the first extra point was missed, they didn't try any more kicks. They were all two-point conversions from then on. So I'm not sure what was going on, what, you know, kind of what I was not at the game, obviously, uh, what was going into the thought process. It was a nasty night, so maybe that had something to do with them not deciding not to kick. Uh, but anyway, they did go for two. It was unsuccessful. Final score, 26-13 to 13 Hernando. This does keep their playoffs hopes alive. Now, they were hoping that South Panola was going to do, uh, do their part. South Correct. Panola did not do their part and help them out. We'll talk about that in just a second. But they does keep their playoff hopes alive. They play their next game this Thursday. Yeah. Uh, two days preview now. that real quick. Yeah, this Thursday, At not home. Friday. Thursday night. It's getting, it's been moved now. Uh, we're speculating it's probably because of the officials like officials, last time. Right. Okay. So moved. Uh, this will be their senior night. Uh, and so again, since it's Thursday, we'll go ahead and talk about it now. So the Olive Branch Conquistadors versus Hernando Tigers. Matt, they're both four and six. Uh, overall, however, Olive Branch is two and four in the region. Hernando three and three. As we mentioned, Hernando, you know, they have a great quarterback. Obviously, will be the best player on the field. Olive Branch is struggling this year. This is a game Hernando should win. Yeah. If Hernando wins, they will finish with a four and three district record. Right now, they are in fifth place in the division. The top four teams make the playoff. Horn Lake is one game better than Hernando, sitting right now at four and two. Hernando's and again, that's because Horn Lake upset South Panola last week. Had South Panola done what usually they do, which is beat Horn Lake, they, then Hernando would Hernando would, be in, would control yes. its own destiny. Correct. Yes. Now, as it stands, Hernando does not. So they got to go take care of business on the field. Yes. If they take care of business, Thursday night. The Thursday night, they're four and three. Then we need we being the Tigers right. need. Horn Lake going to South Haven, we need the Chargers to do their job. If the South Haven Chargers, you know, which have a better record, okay, they are okay. the third seed right now. If, her, if South Haven, who has a 7-3 and three record, they are, you know, they have a better record than Horn Lake. If, you know, Horn Lake has to travel to their field. So if South Haven can win, who's, again, also maybe sure. trying to battle for a second spot, sure. um, they, are, they do have something to play for. This is exciting. If that could happen, if, if on Friday night, Hernando fans, if you win on 
Thursday night, you may need to travel to South Haven. You may need to sit on their sidelines and cheer for them because Horn Lake lost, Hernando win, Hernando is in the playoffs. Well, man, that's a that's a really exciting thing. Can't wait to review that game on the uh, our Friday show. Definitely look forward to that. Don't forget that's Thursday night right here under the water tower. It's going to be senior night, so they're probably going to recognize the football team, the band, all that kind of stuff. You definitely want to come out this Thursday. If you can hear our voice, do not schedule the game for Friday. Come out on Thursday night and support the young people. Let's pack the stands again and see if we can have a line, you know, maybe 300 yards long like it was for the first and, of the season. The, yeah, the seniors will be recognized before the game. Yeah, oh, but before the game. Okay, well, that's that sounds awesome. Definitely something to look for and do on Thursday night. So we will review that game this coming Friday on our Friday show as we preview the North Point Trojans. And then we also preview the Lewisburg Patriots football game as well. So just a lot of stuff going on right here on the Water Tower. Let's get out and support the Tigers. Actually, the last time to see Mr. Zach Wilkie play, a longtime quarterback, three-year starter for the Hernando Tigers before he moves on to Southern Miss. Let's get out and support him this coming Thursday night. If you've enjoyed our show today, when we discuss the young people, the different things going on, all the wonderful things going on under the water tower, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, share it with friends, share it with family. Let people know all around Hernando all about the UTW Podcast and what we're discussing each and every week right here under the water tower. Wherever you can hear our voice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you definitely want to give us a five-star review. Help us move up when it comes to local podcasts by giving us a five-star review. If you enjoy our show, please look for OB Pod. That's OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They cover Olive Branch, Center Hill, and Lewisburg with wonderful football coverage. Also talk to a number of newsmakers on the eastern side of DeSoto County. Look them up, OB Pod. Derek, before we sign off, we teased it at the beginning of the show. Kind of a special day when it comes to uh, religion, comes to our religion. What is that? Well, Matt, uh, this, today is uh, known as El Dia de Muerta, which is the Day of the Dead. This is uh, All Souls Day uh, for some religions. And, you know, some you may see something on TV. There's huge you know, celebrations in Mexico. Of course, there is the um, the movie Coco, right. uh, the the children's uh, cartoon Coco. Which and you're saying All Souls Day. All Souls Day. Got it. Um, November 1st is All Saints Day. That was yesterday. Today is All Souls Day. So saints could be considered not just necessarily the adorned saints, but it could be anybody that is in the, um, you know, brothers and sisters in the Christian faith are known as saints. It, the Bible, when it uses the term, term saints, it's a lowercase s, gotcha. which means basically anybody in the faith uh, that has been saved. Um, and so the All Souls Day basically is for every everybody else. Uh, whether they, you know, some people believe in purgatory, whether it's purgatory, whether it's hell, whether it's people that, you know, maybe had never heard of Christianity or religion. Um, and so that is, uh, you know, kind of what this day is for. Uh, Mexico has huge celebrations. There's altar setups. What they usually do, they take it a lot more seriously than we do. Uh, they actually go to grave sites of their relatives who have passed. They maybe bring flowers. They kind of clean up around it, pick weeds, and that sort of thing. They'll have a you know, big, huge, festive celebration. So if you see anything about that, um, again, uh, this is not a, a, a recognizable holiday for our standards. We, we do the Halloween, which is uh, you know, All Hallows' Eve, is which it comes from, which, again, is the night before uh, All Saints Day, which is what it's about, kind of, uh, and we're not going to go into a history lesson now, but that's kind of, but this two or three day time period does have a lot of religious meaning sure. uh, to people around the world. So just kind of wanted to point that out that today is All Souls Day. And if you see that, and then of course, uh, if you also, if you've ever seen the Sugar Skulls, those very uh, 
beautiful decorative skulls that you see around, that is what that symbolizes. Uh, that comes from a lot of the, the festive celebrations they have in Mexico and some of the uh, other Spanish-speaking areas around in Central and South America. So, again, just want to kind of point that out, that if that's something that uh, you want to look up, something that you're into, that today uh, is All Souls Day. Very interesting, Derek. Thanks for letting us know about that. So if that interests you, look up All Souls Day, you know, Halloween, that type of stuff. What does that mean? Dig a little deeper, research that so you can understand that better. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. When you